0: Welcome to the Wolfman Rants podcast. Wherever you are listening from, the United States, Ireland, Australia, or even the bathroom stall at work, we want you to know that we appreciate each and every one of you for giving us your time and listening to our podcast. This is the story of Jennifer and Adriana Wicks. Jennifer Wicks and her daughter, Adriana, went missing March 25th, 2004. They were last seen in the area of Cross Plains, Tennessee. Jennifer was 21 years old, 5'4", 130 pounds, with brown hair and brown eyes. She even has a tribal tattoo on her back. Adriana was 2 years old, stood about 2 foot tall, and weighed approximately 25 pounds. Adriana has a birthmark on her right thigh and may respond to the nickname Nina. Jennifer's last communication with her family was a call to her mom on March 24th and a call to her father and her aunt on March 25th. Jennifer's boyfriend stated that they got into an argument, and he took her and Adriana to the interstate exit nearby their home and left them there at the Exxon gas station. It was on I-65, North Exit 112. He said he decided to pull across the street to make sure that she was actually meeting someone. He says he waited for about five or ten minutes, and then seen that they got into the backseat of a white four-door car. He later changed that car to a white four-door Camaro or Mustang. Now, I'm not sure about you all, but I don't think I've ever saw one of them four-door Camaros or four-door Mustangs. I'm sure it would have been a big hit with the baby boomer generation. I bet he started sweating a little when he screwed up on that detail. He said that Jennifer returned to his home the next day without Adriana, driving the car that she had gotten into the night before. She was coming back to grab her income tax returns that was to be due that day. It stated that his parents were not home to give her money, so she left and said that she would return the next day to get it. Something's kind of fishy here. The income tax deadlines are April 15th, not March 25th. In fact, the deadline for income taxes hasn't changed since March 1955. Here's a little fun fact for you. The United States once again enacted the income tax with the 16th Amendment in 1913. At that time, filling the deadline was March 1st. In 1918, that deadline was changed to March 15th. And then in 1955, for the most recent change, the filing deadline was moved to April 15th. The day has come to be known as the National Tax Day. I wonder when he discarded the income tax records, or forged them to get money, if he didn't realize that he was about 20 days off. So far, we are only minutes into this, and we have found two issues with this story. Now let's take a second look into the present time. With cases like Gabby Petito, missing in Wyoming, 2021. Her body later found. Candy Green Gonzalez, missing in Kentucky in 2021 yet to be found, or even really looked at by law enforcement, and by media. Or, even another case, Maya Mallette, a young mother who was just getting ready to file for a divorce, then vanished from her house. And there are many, many more. What do they all have in common? Just take a guess at what the common issue is between all of these cases. did you guess the answer is arguments or less sugar coated from what they say by the abusers and murderers fighting it's pretty common that when someone comes up missing it's said by the boyfriend or even the girlfriend that there was even an argument when in reality it's more of a fight this is what was said by Joey in a nutshell We had an argument, and I brought her to where she would be picked up by some random person, off an exit, at an Exxon gas station. I mean, that's pretty much the breakdown of it. How do you feel about this with your experience of breakups, especially at 21 years old? Now, I was born at night, literally, but it wasn't last night. How many times have you heard of a couple who have been together a while, had a fight... And the boyfriend just wants to toss up his arms and let the woman he loves, or loved, just take off with some random person with her kid. That doesn't sound like a normal manly behavior to me. I've been in those situations before, and if they were persistent enough to want to get out of there, most wouldn't want to ride with you. They would make a phone call, and someone would come to pick them up, regardless of how nice you're trying to be. Yes... This is number three on the chart of red flags. I stumbled onto a website called Blue Crime Hunter, and from the first paragraph where the author starts by saying this story of Jennifer and Adriana has her panties bunched into positions that she didn't know even existed. And even though I don't wear panties, I tell you, further reading the story, I too find that there are uncomfortable feelings when going over all of this stuff that would put my panties in a bunch too. Miss Kathy is Jennifer's mom, and has tried tirelessly to get answers about her daughter and granddaughter. From the sounds of it, she's been given the runaround, and even been told that her daughter was a hoe, and that she was pimping out Adriana. These are things being said in message boards that normally help find the missing, or offer great tips and clues. But yet, this nonsense was shoved in there. Was this one of the boyfriend's groupies trying to throw everyone off? Let's go way out in the left field here. Boyfriend brings girlfriend and her daughter to the meeting point off an exit. Mom gets in an unknown car with a child. Next day, mom comes back without the child and gets murdered. Or maybe she was murdered that night by those in the car from an altercation or an accident resulted from said pimping. So the boyfriend needs to clear his name, and he comes up with a semi-accurate story that pushes him further from the case. Sure, it's far-fetched. However, stranger things have happened. If you think about it, this fits the storyline in a sense, or at least that's what they want you to believe. This is from what I assume is a username, Cricket, on an old media site called Topics that no longer exist. It's stated on the website, or used to be anyhow. The boy's name is Joey Benton this information should be passed on to Lieutenant Don Bennett at the Robertson County Sheriff's Department. This would not be the first time that this quote-unquote boy has been drugging it up at a party and bragging about how he murdered the girls. It's outrageous that he's still allowed to roam the streets of Robertson County. That's pretty powerful. This sounds like another case, the candy green Gonzalez one, where the boyfriend is the son of the ex-sheriff, And we know that Sheriff has done a lot of favors for people, which in turn gets to keep his and his son's nose clean. In fact, from what I hear, he had an ex-girlfriend that also went missing that's never been found. But that is a long, long, ongoing story, from what I understand. Joey's dad, Joe, also wrote on topics a lot during this time. Things like this post, where he tried explaining his account of what happened. And it says, Huh? On Thursday night when they left, me and my wife were both home. There was a car wreck in front of our house, so the police or someone else may have seen them leave. Joey did not return until around 10 o'clock. He had to pick up her cousin and be in Franklin early Friday. I don't think she took the car seat from Joey's truck. She returned on Friday after Joey and her cousin got home from work and got something. I believe the car seat was one of them. Then he went to a party Friday. Jennifer's aunt called late Friday night and asked Joey what he knew about where Jennifer had gone. I carried him over there because he had been drinking. Now he says in that statement that she returned on Friday after Joey and her cousin got home from work and got something. I believe the car seat was one of them. Hmm... Big Joe really isn't sure what she's got, other than, I quote, some things, unquote. According to his son, she didn't even get some things. She got one thing, her tax return. No car seat, no clothing, or kids' toys, diapers, favorite blankets, nothing. From what little Joey Jojo said, his parents weren't even home. Remember the money comment? And I quote, it's stated that his parents were not home give her money. So she left and said she would return the next day to get it." Come on, Big Joe. How are you gonna say you were home but little Joey Jojo says you weren't home? There's red flag number four. Now, if you're on Patreon with us, let us know in the comments how many red flags you found during the story. I'm curious. It shows, in the Blue Crime Hunter blogs, that four years later, there was a post about how Jennifer was drunk and a drug user. Isn't that the pot calling the kettle black? And what's this I hear about Jennifer taking a trip to the doctor for an issue Adriana had? Was this issue sexually related? One that made Jennifer want to move back out to the barn? Yes, a barn? Not a house barn, a real barn. She wanted out of that house. Was this an issue that could have alerted the cops? Maybe something the family did they later regret? Or had to wash their hands of? And if anybody in that house happens to be hearing this, they know exactly what I'm talking about. Being in the true crime world, I hear a lot of things you wouldn't normally think to be true, or even possible to occur for humans. And I tell you, a lot of these folks doing these crimes are sick and twisted and do unimaginable things to people. And yet, they can still walk around with a straight face. The Monday after she went missing, officers spoke with Benton again. And he said that they broke up and Jennifer came by to get some of her things. Kathy, the grandma, stated later that Benton had came by a couple weeks later with a few trash bags of Jennifer's things. Including a tax return and Adriana's paint coat. With the weather that weekend being a cool 49 degrees as a high, Grandma knows her daughter would not have taken Adriana out without a coat, especially being two years old. Miss Kathy, much like many other cases that I've heard about or been active in, she stated that for years law enforcement just didn't seem to take her seriously, like her daughter just wanted a new life and decided to walk out of her old one and started a new one without him. This is one of the things that irritates the crap out of me, when strangers think they know a person better than their own family. You could take a woman, let's say 32 years old, always talks to the family every day, religiously, and visits every Sunday, and she could come up missing and the police would say, oh, well, she must have wanted to start a new life. No need to look for her yet. But that's some bull right there. Thankfully, nowadays, with social media and true crime people like myself bringing awareness to more places than 17 years ago, things seem to be taking a little bit more seriously nowadays. However, the corruption is still strong in these towns. Very strong. It was even said that Benton told law enforcement that Kathy wanted to take Adriana away, and that's why Jennifer was upset and ran away. Sources tell me that this wasn't the case at all. It's just another one of Benton's lies to cover up what he's done. If you're a true crime buff, this kind of drips with the same vibes from the Chris Watts story. Or the Gabby Petito murder. Are you feeling it too? Hmm. Now, Kathy has tried to raise money for billboards, and other ways to ask the public for information. And the community, including law enforcement, just looked the other way. Bill Holt, a veteran running for sheriff, pledged in his run that he would bring new attention to the Wicks' disappearance. Three years later, on December 13, 2013, nine years after the two went missing. They reclassified this case from missing persons to homicide. You should check out the press conference. I'll try to link it in the description below if I can remember. To this day, Jennifer and Adriana have not been found, and there really hasn't been a whole lot of effort to try to dig into it. This kind of goes into the whole law thing that I would like to try to make. One where, when a boyfriend and girlfriend are together, there's got to be a little bit of accountability if one comes up missing and they were last seen with each other. What do you think? There is just way too many boyfriends or girlfriends, or husbands and wives even, that just randomly disappear, and the last place they were saw was with a significant other. Kind of strange. Looks like we need to find Scooby-Doo in the mystery machine, doesn't it? Now, the website that I brought up earlier was bluecrimehunter.blogspot.com. Here's a couple comments that were anonymous. This one says, I heard about this. That Benton guy lives down the street from my mom. She is scared of all of them, too. Says they are known as scum and threatening innocent people for no reason. I am afraid for her. I am afraid to post my name for fear that she will be harmed. This was in March 2009. Here's another one from about the same date. Anonymous said, Joe Benton is a lying, murdering SOB. After all, he is in charge. What a slob. Guilty, guilty, guilty. The missus is under suspicion as well as their boy, Bud. This family that murders together stays together. Just a few days ago, Casey Robinson, previously known as Casey Wicks, started a GoFundMe to help find her sister. 17 years now that she's been gone and they're looking for answers. And just in a few days, it's done pretty good. It would be my dream that this goes viral and they have all of the money they need to put the pressure where it belongs. I encourage you to go to Facebook and check out the page Justice for Jennifer and Adriana Wicks. There's a lot of good information on there and they're getting some good media attention, which is definitely needed in this case. Anyone having information should contact the National Center for Mission and Exploited Children, 1-800-843-5678, or 1-800-THE-LOST. You can also contact Robertson County Sheriff's Office in Tennessee at one 384 7971 Any tips or information be greatly appreciated. Let's bring them home. Till next time, I'm Wolfman with Wolfman Rants 411 podcast. Peace. Special producers of this show are Wrench, Navity Designs, Angela M, Jen C, Sander T, and Aussie Friend, Flash in Your Pan Ed, Small Town Adventures, Corey Johnson's Random Adventures, Sharon L. Retired Sergeant Melinda, Christmas for Kids has raised over six hundred dollars this year thanks to them. Thank you all so much. And if you'd like to be a producer of this show, you we can do so by heading over to Patreon and checking that out over there. Or you can become a member on YouTube for Wolfman Rants 411. Just remember, a portion of your donation does go towards helping children smile by giving them Christmas that they would not have had otherwise. Again, till next time, I'm Wolfman. Peace. Lazy.